Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! joining you on a Sunday afternoon. We are glad to be with you this Sunday. We appreciate you guys listening to us wherever you get your podcast at supertalk.fm. Wherever podcast uh, programming you are using, we appreciate our listeners, especially the servicemen and women who protect us throughout the globe. We want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I hope they had a busy weekend. I'll tell you what. Leaving the game, you know, normally, you know, as journalists, we we leave the game hours after everybody else. I left, I got in my car, it was like 8 o'clock. So I, I assume the game's probably been over just, just without thinking. I don't know how long the game went. Hour and a half, hour Hour and a half, five. maybe close to two hours, yeah. right? Traffic was a standstill all the way from the Cotton District into Highway 12. It was unbelievable. I was like, I had never seen it like that. And, I, you know, I've, I'm not talking, you know, I've been to games where the, the stadium was completely packed. But I say all that to say, I hope uh, what I drove past Strange Brew, it was packed. So as was Turner Spence. So hopefully you guys are doing a good job there and keeping their coffers full uh, this season. Before you left the stadium, though, I'd like to send a special thank you mm. to those students that serenaded me with woos <laughs> as we walked to the postgame press conference. We're getting video of that next time, boys. Y'all just what, get ready for us. Uh, it doesn't take much to put a smile on old Joel's face. You know, I'm a basic guy. Yeah. All I need is a little Braves action, a little, uh, little family action, give my diet due. Give my strange brew. It's about all I need. It puts a smile on my face. But when you get serenaded with woos from the MSU student section, it's fantastic. It puts a smile on. That my was that was that was really fun. That was awesome. Really really fun. Uh, we got a good show today. You know what today's show is going to be, so we don't really need to talk uh, too much about those kind of things. What we do need to talk about, Joel, uh, what I need to know before anything else, what has to be said, Joel, is what's causing all that. Woo. Uh, I can't not go here. A guy that only played a quarter and 14 minutes or so, something like that. Willie Gay. All right. Welcome back. Now, we don't know how long we got you. We don't know how long we're going to get to see you. Don't know when you'll play again. Maybe you'll play this week. Maybe you won't. Don't know. But I know this. For two quarters yesterday, Mississippi State looked different. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State looked like it had a fire to it. And I watched Willie Gay play football since he was playing over here at Starkville High. And he has always been a spark plug. I mean, just a a dude that's kind of carefree, happy-go-lucky. Uh, just a smile on his face. smile guy. on his face. Lifts up everybody around him, it seems like. And boy, howdy. He only played for a couple quarters. But he gave State a lift immediately. And uh, didn't take a genius to figure out when you get a pick six in the first minute of the game, minute and a half of the game, how big of a lift that is. But I, you're you're free to uh, disagree if you li- you'd like, but I don't think that you will. State defensively just look like a different group. They they, they just look different with him out there. No, I don't disagree I, with you I, at I, all. I don't. Can you point all of that to him? I don't know, but I think that was a large part of it. The no. fact that the, the fact that you had that guy that is like I said, I man, he, he he is kind of like an engine that, that that keeps things running and keeps it keeps everything going happy. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, that game, I know it got a little squirrely late, but State doesn't win that game without without Willie Gay in, in it. We well, gave him the spark that started everything. Yeah, and he took. You have to think how much pressure 
being up seven nothing takes off of Garrett Schrader when he's on the field. Yeah, he's got the lead. You know, he's it, it, that, that that that's a huge thing I think for him. So I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. So and we'll we'll hit on a little bit more of that in just a moment. Before we get into the things that are true, here, how do you know that's where we're going? Maybe I had something else. That's planned. true. You could have something else planned, but we'll, we'll <laughs> let you drive the show. Okay. Here's the thing that's true. Oh. Before uh, and, and, and maybe you would have had a thing that was true. I could have woven this in there. But I, I spoke with someone. I spoke at a church in Columbus this morning. Mm-hmm. One of our loyal listeners attends that church. She knows who she is. Okay. And she instructed we, we me appreciate you. that live on air, I needed to tell you, Brian, that a thing that was true is that you were wrong. You said on the Thursday show, or Friday show, I didn't mm-hmm. listen to the Friday show. I wasn't on Friday show. Okay. I guess I should have listened. I could have gave us a click. I didn't. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I can go back and what do What was that. I wrong about? You were wrong about, I think apparently you said something like State couldn't win that game without a healthy Tommy Stevens. Yeah, and I did say that. State won that game without a healthy Tommy Stevens. I, I, well, I mean, on my, you were wrong. My, I, hey, it happens. Uh, <laughs> I, I was on, on the, on the pre- pregame Periscope. I said, hey, now that I know Stevens is out, I'm taking Kentucky to win this one. And uh, we'll get into why they didn't right now. Yeah. Because what we're going to talk about right now, after Joel gives you one of his things that is true, is these are the things that are true. I have 11 things that are true. I have... Uh, consulted with numerous truth experts and they've all agreed these are all 100% true. Nothing nothing is wrong in any any part of this. Let's start about start it up number 1. Yesterday was about big picture stuff. A lot of details still to consider. But the big picture stuff, better energy, ran the football, consistent in the passing game. Uh those things were there yesterday and that's why state won. State was better than Kentucky, more talented. The way they were going to lose was to not take care of – it sounds like coaches always say take care of the little things. Sometimes you got to take care of the big things. And the big thing – State took care of those yesterday. They played better on defense, and they were more efficient on offense. Simple as that. Yeah, your problem with that is a lot of that had to do with, I think, the fact that there was a for, – for whatever reason, there was a renewed energy. Maybe that was having all the guys back. Uh, of course, you know having having DP back on the offensive line um, that helped a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know for state's offensive prospects or whatever, you know hopefully Darren Parker stays healthy. And, and, and I mean that, that, that keeps things. Yeah, that, that was part of it. Um, can state maintain this level of energy that they showed, particularly in the first half, in the games that Willie Gay doesn't play? You know, can they, can they maintain? that level of intensity when things aren't, you know, when, when they don't have the full contingent out there. Uh, th- that kind of remains to be seen. But by and large, I think you're right. There, there was a lot of big-picture stuff to look at on Saturday, and a lot of it went right. Um, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. It, it's, I agree with me. You should, because yeah. uh, according to all truth experts, it was true. So It's true. Yeah. So uh, Number two. You're going to like this one. I love, anytime I can throw a wrestling reference, you're going to be about it. Garrett Schrader. Is the people's champion? Yeah, this guy. It it's early, and he's got a long way to go. I know we're fixing to go. With we this. have a contender for Dak's throne here. <laughs> All right, it's very early. The only one percent of the precincts are reporting. This guy's attitude is, I mean, you might as well just go and plucked him off of the front porch of the Kappa Sigma house. All right, this guy. This guy is a Mississippi State guy. He gets it. He is the most down to earth kid. I have never, you know, and when I've talked to I talked to Dak, I talked to Fitzgerald, I talked to a ton of players. 
I have never talked to a person, an 18 year old, 19 year old like this in my life. I'm a father of a teenager. And she's still only 13, but still. When we interview him, it's like we're in a boat fishing. It is that is a fantastic analogy. <laughs> I mean, if he if if he just pulled out like a, a a can of bush light from from his pants and cracked it open, I would not even be surprised. That is the most. He's not laid, of age, Brian. He's not of age. Is, oh, I'm just saying that is the most laid back kid I've ever met in my life. His confidence level exudes from him, oozing machismo, if you will. I mean. If this guy does, if he continues to play well and continues to grow and becomes a four-year starter or whatever, it's early. There's a contender. State's got to win. Yeah, he's got to win he's games. Win. Got to win games. A lot, lot, like I said, ninety-nine percent of the precincts are still out. Yes, but the early returns are promising. If you told me in four years from now mm-hmm. that state at some point in the next four years. They contended for an SEC West title. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're in the top ten. Kind of did some magical things at some point in the next four years. I'm not totally shocked. I mean, that, there will never be a Dak because Dak was the first. But like you said, he is a contender to get the second statue at Davis yeah. Stadium at some Just point. Early, like early, early. Uh, yeah, we can't stress enough how early that is. But from what we've seen so far. That is a thing that's true. Yeah. It's going to be a fun thing to watch. Watching him run, I mean, when you watch him run, you're thinking, that's Fitzgerald. But then you watch him throw, and he's better. Yeah. And And that's what you want, right? That's the Moorhead quarterback. And the other side of that coin, and we've hit on it a little bit already, is, look, Nick Fitzgerald, for the first year or two when we talked to him, in interview settings, awful, terrible. Yeah, he, like he figured it out. He did, but. He, yeah, by, by the end he was pretty good. Yeah, um, but early on, just he didn't exude the machismo you you referenced earlier. Garrett is just a. I, I feel like we're going in reverse here, going back to where we were. Ago. But just that down home dude that you feel like you're sitting at the dinner table and he's just got a chicken leg in his right hand. <laughs> I mean, just it, it, it is. He wants the big piece of chicken. Yeah, <laughs> and he might get it more often than yeah. not in his career. But fun, uh, fun player to watch. He, he's fun to watch. He's fun to talk to, and I don't. He seems kind of humble about I'll tell everything you one thing too, too, which I, I'm a big fan of. Of he's confident, but he's humble. Like it's. it's you know, you, a, you want to know one other thing. You want to know who his biggest believer is? Is Joe Moorhead? Yeah, because two weeks in a row now, third and two, he didn't get the pass, but they put the ball in his hands in a big play. And then this week, third and four, and you need a first down, they, they put the ball in his hands and told him to make the decision, and, and, and he made the right decision. Yeah, 49-yard run. 49-yard run. The dice of the game. The yeah. game was over at that point. So, fun to watch. We'll see where it takes us. Uh, number three, Malik Deer is a running back. Thanks for finally getting that. It only took five years. And I don't know who got into his ear and finally convinced him, but thank you to that person. Malik Deer should have been a running back from the day he set foot on this campus. The list of five foot nine, two hundred twenty pound receivers in the NFL. If if you got one, send me his name. I don't know who he is. I don't know any receivers looking like Malik Deer in the NFL. But that guy could have been catching passes out of the backfield for the past four years, and probably would have a much higher profile for the NFL if he had done that. And he looks good back there. He looks natural. And now, because I don't know, we'll find out what happened with Witherspoon. It's obvious Gibson is still banged up. It's just him and Kylan Hill. 
Oh, he's going to get some carries very I th- soon. I think I told you on Saturday, well, Kareem Walker might play. He might. That might happen now. Uh, I don't think it will. But <laughs> we'll see where that goes. They may just have to come up with a package for him, though. I'm trying to remember back. when you. I'm getting into this point now where I've you know, been, been covering the team for five, six years, whatever it is, and things run together. In my mind, I'm wanting to say that Malik wasn't the biggest fan of being a running back. He wasn't, but somebody so, somebody's got to convince him of that. That this That's, is where you need to be, and like, this is where we need like, you and can use Just do what I just said. Malik, go find me a highlight reel of somebody in the NFL that looks like you playing receiver. And if you find it, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you on that. But I can find a bunch of... of How of tall running. was Percy Harvin? Oh, Percy Harvin's much taller. Much taller? You're going to make me look, but he was much taller. Percy Harvin... Percy Harvin, Billy Gonzalez. Oh, oh, never mind. Five eleven. So he's okay. three inches taller than him. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, just it just made sense the whole time. And he's an explosive athlete. He can do things in space. He needed to be a running back. Yeah. And for the record, there, folks, I was not comparing Malik Deer to Percy Harvin. Well, that's that's that's, that's that's but, the uh, but slot. That was the role that they tried. They sold him on. So I'm just yeah. saying they 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 did with Chad Bumpus. But Chad Bumpus was a good receiver. And, and, you know, Chad Bumpus was not 220 pounds. Now, once you get into the 200-pound mark, you, you've got to start thinking about being a running back. So, let's see how it works out. Makes makes sense now. I'm, I'm glad to see it. I think it's going to be a – I think it's going he's going to make some more plays this year. Yeah, and, and like you said, given the health situation, he's going to have some opportunities, you'd think. Yeah. Number four. It's true. We thought there'd be a quarterback controversy. <laughs> There's going to be a quarterback controversy – it's just not the guys we thought were going to be involved in it. We knew Tommy Stevens was going to be involved, but what are you going to do? You asked the question at the press conference. And, what are you going to do? And Joe Moorhead told me it was a good question. It's, <laughs> it's a great question because, honestly, I don't know the answer either. And neither do you and neither does really anybody else. Tommy Stevens, before he got hurt, was playing fantastic football. But like I just said, Garrett Trader is the people's champion. I think it's, I don't know where this is going to go. I do think it's a given right now that you are going to see instances where they're on the field at the same time. Think that's fair? Sounds like it yeah. to me. Because Joe Moorhead has told us repeatedly, well I say repeatedly. That's he's told us more than once that he is not a fan of rotating quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have either Tommy or Garrett be the guy. But he is a fan as we've seen in his past. Tommy Stevens can attest to this because he's caught several passes in his career. Um, he is a fan of playing two quarterbacks at the same time, mm-hmm. just not rotating those quarterbacks throughout the course of a game kind of thing. So I think it's a given now that Garrett has done enough that he has got to be included in pretty much every game plan in some shape, form, or fashion. Uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued as heck to see how this plays out. I... I don't know. Can can you? I mean, I guess you can. Joe Moorhead, his his butts, his career is what's on the line here. You got to have the guy that you feel like gives you the best chance to win. Right. But how? Who's uh, that guy? I mean, how? I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. I feel crappy is that for Tommy Stevens that he's had six healthy quarters and was really good in them. Yeah. And then he gets kind of Wally pipped here, and you know. Loses and it gets and, hurt, and, and here comes Schrader gives, Schrader you, and wins. gives you the thing I was talking about last week is he's the runner. You know, if I'm getting the same production passing, I mean, Schrader was what for the day? Let me, I have the stats right here. He was 17 of 22 with a pick, no touchdowns. The pick was a bad throw. But 17 of 22 is great. 
If someone had... But is Schrader, is Stevens going to give you 125 yards rushing? I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, if someone had dropped out of heaven, or, you know, maybe Miss Cleo or somebody calls up Joe Moorhead from the other world or something, and before this season started and said, Joe, here's what you have in Garrett Schrader, and just showed him some of these highlights that, that have we've now seen. Do you think he even goes after Tommy Stevens? Or does he just... Say I, I think yeah like, I think so because honestly who could have predicted Schrader would have been able to do the things he's done I mean you went after lost, lost you went after Stevens because you, you weren't sure about Keaton it wasn't because you weren't sure about Schrader do you, Schrader I don't do you think Schrader was even a possibility for Joe at any point to start yeah not coming out of the spring and into the summer no I mean he I is just so. he's I, blossomed. He's blossomed. And we watched and I, him I know in practice and weren't impressed with him, was what's funny. At least I was. I thought, I don't know about that kid. His throwing motion looked a little funny to us. Yeah. I remember us talking about that. Yeah, I'm just like, he's, he's still got work to do. Some guys are just gamers, and that's what Schrader is. So, I haven't noticed, by the way, that funny throwing motion that we, no, we were talking about in practice. It's smooth. It, it doesn't, Throws with some touch. Those two, two long completions to Dedrick Thomas were good touch passes. More proof um, that you and I don't know. What we, we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Except in these instances, we want to tell you about what's true. Uh, where are we? Number five. Let me go out on a limb here. And if you're a Georgia fan listening, you're just going to have to live with it. But Kylan Hill is the SEC's best back. I'll say it. If Kylan Hill was in front of behind Georgia's offensive line, yeah, buddy, Heisman he'd be already a thousand yards. All right. No question in my mind. That guy, and I'll go ahead and tell you something else. You go back to 2017, State got the better back between him and Cam Akers. Yeah. They got the better back. Um, He's incredible. He's playing at a really, really high level. Power, but elusive. Speed. Does it all. He is just he is having a fantastic season. I said this on the podcast yesterday. I'm sorry, on the, on the Periscope yesterday. Uh, he's already got 91 carries. He had 117 all last year. So if he has 26 carries against Auburn, he's going to tie it. You know, <laughs> That's crazy, man. We went through five games. <laughs> so what do we say? What was our if we pounded one thing home this offseason, it was give the ball to Kylan Hill. Well, Joe Moorhead, listen to that. If he didn't listen to anything else we've said, not that he should have, but he listened to that. <laughs> he heard he heard the cry, and Kylan Hill is he's the engine making this offense go right now, and he's he's really fun to watch and fun to talk to too. Yeah, that you, that's a guy who knows he's playing well. You mentioned the the talking part of that, and look, I, I'm not a guy that can give you great scouting reports or, or you know great football analysis. You, you probably need to go to somewhere else for that. Somebody that, that played college football or something that can give you a lot more than that. What I can tell you is sometimes when you talk to these guys, you, you just kind of get a, a feel for where their career trajectory may be or what. And you mentioned it. He's talking like a guy that's going to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, he's also kind of like Nick Fitzgerald, has blossomed as an interview too. Mm-hmm. He, he's a little more comfortable in front of those cameras, a little more comfortable with the microphones in his face. Credit to MSU Media Relations for that too, for you know helping continue to prepare him and grow him mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in that role. But uh, everything about him now screams NFL back. Yeah, and to me, it's gonna if he continues this trajectory, we're gonna get to the end of the year, and at some point, you and I on this program. We're going to have a discussion about is he staying or is he going. Yeah, that's that's correct. That's good. Very fair. And right fair. now, you know, running backs, it's not like they have a long shelf life. They don't. If he has a chance, I mean, if, if he has a chance. You, then, have, you, you have to look at a running back shelf life in terms of, not years, in terms of carries. Yes. How many carries do you have? 
So you're telling me that if Colin Hill plays for a next year, that uh, that's an extra 220, 250 carries that he could be getting paid to take? That's how you have to look at that. So, yeah, right now, that discussion is going to have to be Body had. type, skill set, everything, I think he's ready for the NFL. Yeah, I don't disagree. I do not disagree with you one bit. We won't be seeing his mom much more at the car dealership, I don't think. I'll tell you what, I hate that too because she does a good job and I enjoy it. <laughs> she is my go-to girl. You know what? There. That could become Hill Motors very quickly, though. <laughs> could. She, she just take Hill. over. Number six. <laughs> Always run, never pass. Check it out, Kentucky. Holy cow. Who had that game plan for Kentucky? What a terrible game plan. They averaged six yards a carry, and that's before you take out the sack yardage. Asim Rose averaged 11.7 a carry. Now, Cavassier Smoke, much to my chagrin because the name is so great, didn't have a great game. But they gashed MSU in the running game. And yet they threw it 42 times, 42 passes to 28 runs. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This is the exact opposite of last year for Mississippi State. What are you doing? Just run the ball. Every they ran the ball up the middle on the state. Ball. They gashed. Them. Yeah, it was going to be it was going to be seven, eight, nine, ten yards uh, right up the middle every time. Yeah, I, I have no idea why they would do anything differently. I, I was just, I was, but they did. I was, I mean, uh, state fans they are happy that they did. But whoever their offensive coordinator, I guess it's Eddie Grand. Not smart. That's a terrible. And and Sawyer Smith was banged up anyway, and you're throwing the ball forty. You put the ball in the air forty one times. I know they were losing, but they were getting explosive plays in the run game. They dropped three touchdown passes. It's just crazy. Yeah, I don't get it. And look, I I can do this and might now do it after the show. We don't get to go to both coaches' press conferences. We no. always go to Joe Moorhead's press conference. We don't see the opposing. Are you going to talk about my 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 confusion yesterday and how funny that was? By the way, no, I wasn't going there. Okay. I was just going to say that it would be great to have been in the room. I assume that Stoops was probably asked a similar question as yeah. that. What yeah. did he say? I, okay. I, I knew we, need, we, well, we need to go find some Kentucky coverage yeah. to, to figure out. because that, Well, I'm they handed us that. the quotes. We just we should have looked at them. Well, we there was only like three or four on that sheet. I'm sure there was more quotes than actually. Yesterday, they handed us these quotes and like, hey, we got quotes from Moorhead and Stoops. And I was like, oh, you got quotes from Shoop? I said Shoop. I said Shoop. And everybody's like, yeah. So I look at it and I'm like, who asked him these questions? We didn't why, see, see Shoop. Who got to ask? And they're like, well, the Kentucky media is here. I was like, why would the Kentucky media ask Shoop? And then it finally clicked. I was like, oh, Stoops. You said Stoops. And once again, I'm not smart. We so. continue to give people ammunition for how dumb we are. It's okay. But yet hey, they listen anyway, so we got, thank you. I got a provisional thing that is true real quick. It has nothing to do with us, but uh, the number, we'll call it uh, six and a half. Why is Chick-fil-A sending me emails on a Sunday? Why are they doing that? Somebody from Chick-fil-A is working. Y'all are trolling me. Like, I, I mean, I could go for some Chick-fil-A, but don't don't send me this on a Sunday. What's wrong with y'all? Uh, number seven, thing that is true. Bring it up here. Uh, number seven, going back to what you said, at the, uh, what's causing all this. Seeing the defense in the first half makes it hard to blame Moorhead for this season. Yep. It's obvious. He it, the, the, the suspensions, the, the injuries, you know, even though Schrader has made it, uh, made it okay, I mean, you can't blame him for that. This defense would be better if they had Lee Autry, Willie Gay, and Marcus Murphy out there all the time. There's just no question. There's no getting around that fact. And there's nothing Moorhead could do about that. So right now, I think we have to look at it in terms of if he, if he does what he's supposed to do, and he, they should win seven games. Anything more than seven is an upset. 
Seven and five is perfectly acceptable. And I talked about it on Friday's show, too. I said, three years ago, when we were looking ahead to this year, I was thinking, this is a transition year with Keaton. You lose all those guys. Seven to five would be really, really good. Why am I getting away from that? So I'm, I'm back on. I'm, I'm not back on the Moorhead. Tra- There's still a lot to prove, but seven and five is going to be perfectly acceptable, even with a loss to Kansas State. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Yeah, I I, I 100% agree with with, it, with everything you just said. There's a lot that's out of Joe's control. Um, the, you know. Willie and and the guys that have been suspended for multiple games and will be suspended for multiple more games, that's their fault. That ain't Joe's fault. Right. Uh, you know, Cam Dantzler missing the, the K-State game with injury, it's out of your control. Injuries happen. Um, and, and State's in a situation, you know, in some spots where it's kind of a, a double-edged sword because, you know, say an injury happened at the linebacker position or something. Well, then you're hampered by injury and the depth because of the right. the, the, the Tudor Gate thing, right, right, right. And, and so I don't know, man. There, there's a lot of there were some people talking about how these control. suspensions weren't that big a deal. These suspensions were a huge deal, huge deal. It, 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 they they are affecting a lot, especially defensively because you, I mean, you see you see what Willie Willie Gay might be the best player on the defense. At the end of the day, is it is it fair to say that State beats K State at full strength? I think that's fair. I think it's so fair. It, it's already cost them one game. Yeah, I think that's fair. If, if Autry and which goes back to what we talked about, why you played Autry against USM, I will never ever. I don't care. I don't care what anybody tries to tell me. I will never understand that. And it, it, it made a difference. Yeah, it, it clearly makes a difference. So that doesn't. That, that's not to say that if Moorhead continues, you know, make if he makes mistakes, I'm not going to call him out yeah. for it. You know, if he loses a game, he shouldn't lose. I'm like, well, the suspension. I'm not going to say that. I mean, you. But I can understand why there's some struggles. Yeah, and I think that the K State game you can absolutely same with, same make, with Louisiana. They don't put 28 points on the board if you got to full that yeah. full defense out there. They just don't. K State game, I think you can absolutely make a case that full strength they, State they wins. Full, the, yeah. the, the big, not to mention the fact having Willie Gay, no telling how that impacts the entire defense. But mm-hmm. I mean, some of the biggest plays that game, the kickoff return. Yeah, who would have been out there? Marcus Marcus, Marcus Murphy, Murphy would have been out there. Devontae Jason, I like Willie, Willie might would have been out Willie there. Willie Gay played special teams yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so like. You have a, a kickoff totally return unit, a, a kickoff coverage unit that it's you know would have been twenty five percent different yeah, had that, different. and so maybe they don't return the kickoff for a touchdown. Exactly. I don't know. We'll yeah. never know the answer to that question. But right. those suspensions, yeah, they for anyone that said, oh, they're not to be, they're not, they've been a huge deal. Yeah. Number eight. Speaking of Willie Gay, you can't feel sorry for Willie Gay, but you do feel sorry for Willie Gay. <laughs> well, I mean, as soon as he got that first penalty. I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I would be willing to bet just about anything he gets another one. It just it just felt right. Not, not not I'm trying to make light of it, but I had a feeling it was going to happen. And when they threw those flags and they were talking, I was like, uh oh, they're they're gonna get him right here, and they did. And you know that look, everything that's happened to Willie is Willie's fault. All right, he got suspended because he he made bad decisions. He got penalized because he made bad decisions. I feel I don't feel a whole lot of remorse, but at the same time, my God, the kid was so happy to be out there. Well, that's he was his... just so happy, and it got taken away from him. That's that's it, man. Willie and I mentioned it earlier how I watched him his whole his high school career and everything. That's just Willie is so happy. Like it's 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 hard to not like Willie Gay if you're ever around him for for any length of time. He's he is always high-spirited, smile-on-his-face kind of dude. Like It's it's hard to not like him. So, like you said, he made 
he's made some dumb decisions. I don't think there's any disputing that. Um, decisions that, that he shouldn't have made and, and decisions that are costing State and will cost State some more as, as this season goes along. But it, it's just hard not to kind of like him and root for that guy because he is. He, he's such a genuinely happy-go-lucky guy at all times. So, yeah, I think you summed that up as well as anyone has. Uh, it's hard for you to feel sorry for him, but you do. then again, you do. Yeah. Number nine, I think that is true. Tucker Day for most valuable player. That guy's having a fantastic year. Should have had two more punts down at the one yesterday. They could have really used Chris Rayford yesterday. They really could have. There would have been two more punts down at the one. <laughs> no question about it. He's just playing really, really well. That's... And, and he, he's just, it makes me laugh because we, we've been hitting Joey Jones so much, but Joey Jones tried to completely alter his punting style. It crushed him. And he goes, he basically tells a coach, I'm not going to do what you say anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it worked. Imagine if a quarterback did that. Ah, I'm not calling that play. I'm going with my play. Mass anarchy. Punters can get away with that kind of stuff. And you know what? I'm, I know what I'm really excited about. Mo- Mox did that on Varsity Blues. That's right. He called his own play. That's, that's a little different there. Uh, I'm excited for the Egg Bowl when Pat McAfee is calling the game when he can see Tucker Day. I think there's going to be some fun there. Did you watch, by the way, the Thursday night game, the Tulane uh, Houston game? No, I did not. Fantastic ending. I'm sure you've seen yes, it. Yes, I have but seen it. But the best part of that is Pat McAfee cackling like a madman. On the uh, on the t- on the touchdown, there's flags everywhere. Who cares? It's a tutter. I was, I was losing it. I was like, McAfee is so good because he provides something that play by play has been missing, and that's the we're watching a game just to have a little fun. Everybody's like, oh, I'm so buttoned up. But Tucker Day is playing an incredible. He, right now, he's the All SEC punter. I mean, he is, he's been outstanding, man. State's got two first-team All-SEC guys right now. And and, and it's kind of cost him that the rest of the special teams just yeah. haven't been yeah. all that good. So, I mean. Yeah, I agree. But he's, he's playing really, really well. He should be proud. Number 10, still everything in front of this team for seven to eight wins. Nothing changed. Everybody, you, everybody still is who you thought they were. Tennessee, Arkansas, Ole Miss, those are all still winnable games. Abilene Christian's very winnable. That's four more wins. That's seven. And then, you know, Auburn, clearly better than I thought they were going to be. A&M, who knows? So maybe that's sort of, you know, switched a little bit out. I don't know. Not beating not beating Alabama and LSU. And then you just figure it out from there. So eight and four is still very much eight, – eight and four is a, a possibility. I would go so far as to say seven and five is a probability. Right now, State's going to be favored against Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Kentucky – or Tennessee. And, the, and our Evelyn Christian. That's seven wins. You're going to the Music City Bowl. You and, and, and like you just said, with A&M, man, State has, State's kind of kicked their tail yeah, in recent had, years. They, so it wouldn't be, shock you if they... Worst State teams have beaten better A&M teams. I promise you that. Last one, number 11. It goes back to sort of like number one number two. I still have a lot of questions about Joe Moorhead's offense. At the end of the day, they only scored 21 points on a not-great Kentucky team. But Garrett Schrader might be the answer to those questions. You know, as you continue to add talent around, what, what do we always talk about? You know, we say if you got a quarterback, you're halfway there. They've, State's got quarterbacks. Do you think it's? Are you saying it could be the answer this year already? I don't know about this year, but or just in the future. In general? Yeah, in the future, you can feel good as, as State continues to recruit well. You can feel good. You can feel good about that. I mean, if you look at next year's team, the biggest hole in this team is the defensive line. Well, you've got three big time JUCOs coming in to fill that a little bit. You've recruited well at receiver. You got two new running backs coming in. You you're, you're filling the holes in. It's 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 a little bit more of a process that it, 
I don't give Moorhead a, a pass. I don't tell him, the, oh, well, you know, Mullen left this program in great shape. Mullen did leave this program in great shape, but there were also some holes. And Moorhead's having to fill those, but he can't, at the same time, Moore, Moore can't blow it up. He, he can't drop down to four and eight and say, well, I had a re-. there was no rebuilding. It was just, it, it's more of a renovation. We'll yeah. say it like that. You know, you needed, to, you needed some work done on the house. And you know the house. It was a good house, but there were some there were some cracks in the foundation. You got to put you got to fill those in. Morehead, I feel, is doing that, but at the same time, he continues to make some decisions that I don't get sometimes. And the offense is not as explosive as I want it to be. And we'll see if he can get there. But still questions. But but having Schrader for the future makes you feel good that you know as long as they add players around him, they should be okay. They yeah. should be okay. Here's in conclusion of these that are things that are true. Yes. Did now that we have a week to reflect, state mm-hmm. has now won a game since last week's version of these things are true. Mm-hmm. Did we vastly overreact after the K State game? Do you not, think? not vastly, no, because that's still a game they should have won. But at the same time, you're always going to overreact to everything. Everything, you know, a win, a loss, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just human nature. I don't think we over we vastly because there were so many glaring errors in that game. And some are still there. Special the, teams. The special teams. Drop passes. They didn't have that yesterday, but drop passes was a huge issue. The offensive line was a huge issue. The defensive line was a huge issue. That's what we're talking about. The details. It's, it's about getting. You had to do the big picture first. Now you can. You, now you can start to, to. I think going forward, that that's still the maybe the biggest concern is that that defense. We mentioned K, Kentucky just gashing state. Now you've got Auburn and LSU yeah. and and those teams coming. Alabama. Yeah. It's, it's, Auburn's going to run for a lot of yards next year. Next week. Yeah. No question about that. All right. Um, from things that are true, to we've got some more truth coming here, but it's a hard truth that a lot of people don't want to hear. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Strange Brew, if you see any MSU defenders coming in this week, they can't have any coffee because the tackling was atrocious. It was putrid. I Kentucky had. Let me get the number here. Kentucky had a total of where is it? Where is that number? There it is. Three hundred eighty-six yards of total offense. I am putting eighty yards on missed tackles. At least, at least eighty yards on missed tackles. Just missed tackles. You know, he wasn't the only one that missed one. And I, I can't remember exactly what the clock said, what point in the game it was. But did you see the Cam Dantzler? I think Logan Lowry uh, referred to it as uh, pee poor. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I did you see his effort on one of those tackles? Like, it was bad. Like some of think about Brian Colt. They get their one touchdown off of Brian Colt. You know, he he miss. He's got the guy wrapped up two yards short of the first down, and he breaks. He breaks loose. I mean, it's just. The tackling was bad, and that's that's got to be so frustrating as a coach, because what it shows you is we've got guys in the right position, we're making the right calls, we're just not executing. Now, and, it, and it's pretty that's much on the coaching staff too. They got to get those guys to tackle better. But it's a universal thing too. Like it's not just one guy or one position. It's the whole or, defense. It's the whole defense. Well, it's and you know who it mainly is as much grief as we're given the line, the defensive line. It's the linebackers in the secondary. Leo Lewis and Aaron Earl Thompson are missing tackles. You know, so that's that's something you got to. That is a hundred percent correctable. You can fix that. They yeah. got to find a way to do it. But this week, no coffee for the MSU d- defense. 
That's fair. No, and, and, and they played well at times, but if you can't tackle, you can't have coffee. And quite frankly, that could have been the thing for the other weeks too. Yeah, it there, really there, there have been there have been multiple. That has been an issue every week. Yeah. Uh, in, in the conference, this was the easiest one ever. Arkansas. My God, how is this even possible at this point? How are they this bad? They gave up thirty-one points and five. 100 yards of offense to San Jose State. Arkansas is not a game I'm playing suspended players in. They're sitting that one out. If you can't beat them, then you don't don't you weren't going to beat them anyway. Uh and I think I said this last week, but how bad how much bad luck or bad evaluation or something do you have to have to get two grad transfer quarterbacks and they both suck? It's Nick Starko trying to pull off the full Michael Henning Throwing five picks. Only got to five. I, I guarantee if they had another five minutes in that game, he'd have given us a sixth. He is just awful. My God. I mean, he, something when when an SEC team is willing to like let a guy go, I mean, I know that they can't do anything, but when they're not willing to make any kind of effort and he's going to go to another SEC West team and there's no real outcry about it, that lets you know he's not very good. That gives you all that. And then Ben Hicks, holy cow, Chad Morris, you coached that guy. You knew he couldn't play, and then you brought him to Arkansas. He, I'm just telling you right now, they're not winning another game. They don't have any more non-conference games, so they're going two and ten again. Is that what they are right now? They're two and they're two and two and two. Yeah, that's right. That's it. They're going two and ten back to back years. He might not survive that. I, I get that there was a huge. I get, but you can't go two. You can't go zero and sixteen in your in your first two years in the conference. You just can't. Their, their East games are uh, – they're at Kentucky, and they have Missouri at home. They're not winning those games. No, losing both. They're not beating anybody in the West. If if And they don't. At Kentucky is their best chance to win. If Arkansas played Tennessee, what would be the line? Tennessee by three. Then I think Tennessee, Tennessee would win. that easily. They would win. Arkansas is so bad. Yeah. I, I can't get over how bad they are. John Chavis needs to retire and become a mall Santa. Have you seen that guy? He's got a big white beard. <laughs> Just go look at some kids sitting on your lap. What do you want for ki- Christmas, kids? I hope it's not defense. I don't have any of that. That guy is that guy is living off the past more than anybody not in Oxford. It is crazy. Like he was great at Tennessee and LSU when he had those. You know, when he back when Tennessee was the best team in the country and LSU had talent. Then you sent him to A and M. I was going to say he's kind of gone from knives to water balloons. Well, yeah, but I mean, even at A and M, he had Miles Garrett in that group, and they weren't good. Yeah, and now at Arkansas. That's the worst. Hey, we don't have a ton of talent. Let's go get a defensive coordinator who's only good when he's got a ton of talent. I mean, obviously it helps to have talent, but there are some coaches who can make chicken salad out of other things. I didn't want to use one this early. Yeah, I understand. So, Sunday Arkansas. Too. We should have like we should, we should like only use three on Sunday. Now you're pushing me. Saints play on Sunday. And they, oh, that's they, right. They, they could frustrate. And Chelsea played earlier today. I dropped two during that game. Uh, you got one left. Hope Teddy Bridgewater plays well later. Arkansas, though. No coffee. No coffee for you. It's for closers only. And number number uh, three, this is another easy one. Michigan. Last year on Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Bork and I talked about uh, overrated players. And I said the most overrated player in college football is Shea Patterson. The guy has been the savior of two programs and couldn't deliver either one. I mean, he is just he's just overrated. Jim Harbaugh is just overrated. He's just not – I mean, he's a good coach, but he's not a championship coach. And what Michigan's going to have to do is what USC is about to have to do. They're going to have to get away from this mindset of we have to hire a Michigan guy. You're Michigan. 
You can pay a coach ten to twelve million dollars a year. You Nick Saban will take your call. All right, Dabo Sweeney will take. He'll take the call at least. And if you say twelve million a year, he might be willing to take a second call. They can do that. They're Michigan. There is no excuse for this, especially to get just manhandled like that. They just got destroyed. And I mean, they're going to lose to Ohio State at the end of the year. They'll probably lose to Penn State. I mean, they're just. And this is the difference between Michigan and Mississippi State. They're going to go to like nine and three. State would be jumping up and down. Michigan, that's it's just not good enough. Yeah, they've won one. Somebody made a good point. You know, if Michigan can't win this game, maybe they don't be deserved to blue blood status. They've won one national, one half of a national title since nineteen forty nine. Yeah, when's the last time they? I mean, no. I hope Scott Snyder doesn't hear any of this. He might come after me. <laughs> but yeah, Michigan, no coffee. For, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh drinks coffee or not. You know, he's a milk guy, but he can't have any milk either. He can't have anything. You get nothing. It's for closers. I'm talking about. All right. Tomorrow's show, we'll talk about whatever Joe Moorhead talks about with us on Monday. We hope to have some updates on Tommy Stevens, Nick Gibson, Lee Witherspoon, all those guys uh, as well. We'll get as much information as we can. Uh, we'll do our SEC picks. Do we have any? We didn't have any differences this week, did we? We did. We did not. Did we not? We didn't. Okay. I had some on the show with some of the guys. Yeah, we we uh, I mean there there were a couple A and M Auburn and uh, we both took Ole the Aggies, Miss, right? Ole Miss Cal, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss you want, Cal, oh, you we, wanted me to take. Ole I wanted Miss. you to take Ole Miss when you did. I, I had so. the refs in my back pocket on that one. Yeah, I had already taken care of that for us. Yeah, Georgia Notre Dame. I, we both much had closer, Georgia, but that much, was a lot closer than I thought it would be. A lot closer than I thought <laughs> it would be. A lot closer than I thought. I, I agree with something that Brandon Walker said. He said that uh, great recruiter, but Kirby Smart is not a great game coach. He does not understand how to make the decisions sometimes. So, and that's going to end up costing him a national title probably. So, all right, uh, all out on tomorrow's show, and then this week, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Auburn. Have somebody on probably from uh, from Auburn's undercover or something like that, uh, and we'll sort of take it from there. So, a lot of good stuff to talk about. You guys have a great Sunday and Monday, and we'll be back with you on Tuesday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.